The child's eyelids were flickering, but everything else remained still, unnaturally still. Even his breathing seemed to have stopped. Basim shook him gently. Wake up, my little frog. Wake up. The boy's eyes snapped open, terrified and confused at first. Then he saw his father smiling down at him, and he relaxed. It was just a dream, Basim said, gently stroking his son's damp forehead. It was still dark, Basim's favourite time of day, when the air was cool and the only sounds were the cicadas and the preachers calling across the city. Don't go today, Papa, the boy said, sitting up. Something bad will happen. Basim smiled, continuing his preparations. Is that so, my little frog? And they will chop off your head, and you will never see us again. Basim considered this for a moment. I will miss having my head, he said, checking himself in the mirror and adjusting his uniform. I think it's rather a handsome one, don't you? These dark dreams had been coming regularly for several moons now, and had changed the character of the child. He had become less inclined to play with other children, and whereas he used to delight in going to school, where he excelled as a gifted child, now he was angry with and resentful of his mother, Heber, for making him go. Heber had sought help from the wife of another officer, a woman known in the compound for her healing powers, and had been told not to worry, that he was just a boy with a vivid imagination. Basim often came home from the palace to find the frog sitting alone in the passageway outside the apartment, lost in thought. The other day, when Basim asked him what was wrong, the frog had said, I was thinking about how they see down there. How who sees where? The underworld. The people who live there. There's no underworld, Basim had said. It's just a story. The previous evening, their neighbour, Kalida, had reported her cat missing. The frog had insisted on going over to her apartment to tell her that he had knowledge the creature was now buried in darkness amid the grains of sand. This caused her to cry uncontrollably, and, as several of the neighbours gathered round to comfort her, the frog just stood there in the passageway staring, as if he was oblivious to the pain he had caused her. But now... Seeing the frog through the mirror lying on the couch, Basim's heart went out to him. He may have been a strange child, but he was their child, a precious gift from God, who had been a long time coming to this world after Heber had delivered three whose fates were not to be of this world. They wanted, above all else, for their surviving child to be happy. Basim felt a hand on the back of his neck. He turned to see Heber. You hear that? Basim asked. What's that? She asked brightly. The frog's had another one of his dreams. Something bad, the frog added. Oh, really? Well, you can tell me all about it after you've had your breakfast, she said, and busied herself preparing food. They had agreed to try not to look concerned in front of the child. Basim attached his sword, an elegant, curved sabre, carried only by the officers of the palace guard, and kissed the frog on the forehead. Be good. Obey your mother. Heber followed him to the door. See you when we see you, she said, looking deep into his eyes. And try not to worry. He'll be fine, I'm sure of it. What makes you so sure? I took him back to see Mistress Talum, 
She gave me some medicines and said expect the dreams to get worse at first and then they will disappear completely. Perhaps by the time you return. He wrapped his arms around her and kissed her on the forehead. You both mean so much to me, he said. Foolish man, don't you think I know that? She replied. Now go, or something bad really will happen. Basim made his way through the narrow but ordered passageways that formed the compound where the families of the palace guard were housed. As he passed Selim, the shoemaker's shop on the corner, he heard the plaintive wailing of a cat. He stopped and went back to investigate. Next to the shop, and at the end of every alley, was a small storage unit where grain was delivered for the inhabitants of each section. Basim pulled the latch and peered inside. As he did so, a cat shot out like an angry djinn from the infernal world and disappeared along the passageway towards its home. Basim continued out of the compound. As he crossed the vast square of the martyrs, the gates of al Suleiman Madan were opening, and men were rushing out from their morning prayers. Basim quickened his pace. He was late. He had usually crossed the square by the time the faithful dispersed. When he got to the palace, it was light. He had been away for two days. He would be on duty for another ten before he saw Heber and the frog again. Or so he thought. <laughs>